Welcome to the Holistic Goddess Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Gregg, registered holistic nutritionist and nutritional therapist. I am so excited to deep dive into all things holistic health and wellness with you. Let's empower each other to live the optimal life that we deserve using a mind, body, and spirit approach to wellness. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, beautiful people of the Holistic Goddess Podcast community. Happy Wednesday. I am so excited to be bringing you an amazing guest speaker today. Malaya Manning is a certified trauma-informed dating and relationship coach. Her work focuses on supporting women healing from past pain that is impacting their love life, attracting and deepening healthy love, and developing the skills for a lasting, fulfilling relationship. She has an amazing track record of assisting over a hundred women in attracting their ideal partners, and Malaya works to channel her expertise and knowledge through her signature mentorship program, Radiant Relationship Academy. We are about to have an amazing conversation together, and I am so, so excited for everyone to hear it. If you are someone who desires to join me in your health journey, let me guide you using the tools that I use with every single one of my clients, then maybe you should consider joining me in the Healthy Hormones Membership Community. This community is a monthly membership in which you receive a weekly meal plan, a weekly grocery list, weekly breathwork session, weekly exercise routine, and weekly coaching from myself in which you will completely transform how you and your family are consuming food, how well you are handling stress, regulating your nervous system to reduce anxiety and overall inflammation in your body. If this sounds like an amazing yes to you, then you can sign up at the link in my show notes. $111 per month gets you a lot of juicy things. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Goddess podcast. I am super excited to be welcoming a very special guest today. Malia Manning is an expert in all things relationships, and I am so excited to share with you what she has to say today. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yay, me too, me too. So can you just start by telling us a little bit about your journey? So what brought you here? What's your story? You know, is there any any big aha moments that you've had along the way that has gotten you to where you are today? Mm, so many, <laughs> so many moments. I mean, that's really what has brought me here is my own journey to a healthy, fulfilling relationship. So about 11 years ago, I got divorced. I got married when I was 18 years old. So if you can imagine, I mean, I was a child. <laughs> it's still crazy to even think about. So I get I get married, I'm 18. 
And I feel that I really was sold that fairy tale, you know, like this man comes along, he was a bit older than me, swept me off my feet. He was in the military. So it was like this idea that everything will be taken care of. You'll be taken care of. Our life is going to be wonderful. That's all there is to it. (laughs) And so I was quite naive at the time. And there's something beautiful about that, you know, that maiden energy of being really naive. And it's like, oh, love is just so easy and wonderful. And a few years we were together and then it started to become really clear that that just wasn't the case, you know, that I got myself into a situation that wasn't right for me. And it was interesting because at that time I really didn't have any context of what's unhealthy, what's abusive, what's gaslighting and manipulation and like none of the I didn't know those terms you know so and it was surprising to me because my parents have a pretty healthy relationship and so I was like how did I end up here how did I end up in this abusive relationship and it was really scary to admit that it was scary to admit it to myself but then admit it to you know my family like I think I need help here I think I'm in danger I think I need to get out of this situation And so thankfully I did, and I was 21 when I got divorced and so, so young, you know, but I, I still had those thoughts of, will I ever find anyone else that will love me that way? Will I ever get married again? Marriage is the worst, you know? And so what happened is I didn't have really the proper tools or support at the time to process what had happened. And so the impact of that relationship led to a string of unhealthy relationships to follow. And really, I was just numbing myself. I was just finding external validation in men and sleeping with people. And that went on for a few years until I finally realized, hold on, this is not what I want. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good what is wrong with me that I can't have a healthy relationship? I was about maybe like 24 at the time. And I'm like, this is not adding up. So I did the whole eat, pray, love, you know, experience. I moved to Costa Rica, sold all my things in the States. I moved to Bali. And that's really when I had the opportunity to be around some incredible teachers and mentors and started studying this and understanding, oh, I'm actually choosing these dynamics. There's something in me that feels I'm only worthy of this amount of love or my belief systems are actually a match to what I'm experiencing with men in relationships. So I started to take a lot of responsibility for that and started to learn how do we actually overcome these patterns that I I believe all of us as humans have in some way um, that, that, completely determine our experience with love and intimacy and relationship like how do we actually overcome that sometimes talk therapy isn't it doesn't do the trick right it's like i i had the self-awareness i'm like i see the patterns i see my part in this but nothing is changing so then i was introduced to somatic therapy and um embodiment and really understanding the nervous system and how we can actually create that sustainable change So then, you know, it was my own journey of finding fulfilling love. I'm with um, an amazing man now. We're engaged and I have a bonus stepdaughter, which is amazing, and spent the last about six years studying how to, you know, teach other women this. I I really felt if it was possible for me, then it's got to be possible for everyone because 
it was, yeah, just such a journey. So yeah, now I support women in their, their journey to healthy love. I love it. And yeah, it's so, it's so true that, you know, we aren't taught these things in school. Like these are foundational pillars that should be taught from like kindergarten to the time we graduate. Mm -hmm. And it goes hand in hand with every aspect of women's health, which is what I'm always harping on. Right. We aren't told about um, our bodies, what relationships we should look for. So, and so often we end up going through these experiences that we learn from, but wow, wouldn't it be great to avoid some of this pain and like have a solid understanding from day one? Oh, so that's a beautiful, beautiful journey that you've been on. Um, and everything happens for a reason, right? So yeah. here you are, here you are. So grateful. Um, so the next big thing, let's debunk a myth. So tell the audience about one really big myth when it comes to relationships that mm-hmm. you know maybe we aren't aware of mm, that's a good question the first thing that comes to mind is this idea that if we just like it'll just happen like i'll just keep doing what i'm doing and mr right will just magically find me and um there's been this conversation within my mentorship program i run recently around you know uh, like, do we have to change who we are for love or are we inherently worthy of love? Because a lot of, you know, personal development work is about, you know, some people can interpret it as like changing yourself. Like I have to do all this work to be worthy of a healthy relationship. And I would say, I would argue that and say, you know, yeah, you actually are required to do some heavy lifting and some personal work to be deserving of a healthy relationship like because you can't be in those unhealthy patterns and in that space and attract a healthy relationship it just doesn't it doesn't like go together it doesn't make any sense it's not a match so it's not necessarily about changing who you are but rather becoming more of who you are like scraping back the layers to see, oh, wow, that's a defense mechanism. That's not just my personality. (laughs) And what's actually more authentic for me? And that can feel scary to do. And yes, it is hard work, but we must become more authentic and develop some really important skills to have that fulfilling relationship. So yeah, I think it's, it's just not helpful to have this thought or this belief of like, it'll just happen. Like, it'll just magically happen for me if I just keep waiting, you know, and and I think there is, it is kind of magical when it does happen. Like when I met my fiance, it did feel magical, but I was on a journey for years to really develop my authentic self outside of my defense mechanisms, outside of my learned conditioning and patterning to be able to receive that love. Yes, so true. And yeah, when you talked about, you know, the worthiness aspect, like you have to know that you have to have a strong self worth already about like feeling that you're valuable, right? You're gonna, what you said about continuously attracting those unhealthy, toxic relationships, because it is it's in there somewhere. It's in that subconscious, where, you know, you think you're doing everything right. But really, you're just being this magnet for shit. 
Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and we don't realize it, right? Yeah. So yeah, so and as it goes for everything, right? Health, wealth, mm-hmm. relationships, like you have to know that you are inherently valuable for anything that you desire, but there's a lot of self-work that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's really it, right? Like because we are a magnet for the thing that our nervous system is used to. You know, our nervous system is like, keep, mm-hmm. keep you safe and do what we know. And so it's a lot of times I work with women and they'll say, you know, I want a healthy relationship. Like they have that awareness. That's what they want. But there's a disconnect because their nervous system is used to dysfunctional relationships or emotionally unavailable men or like not like having to chase love. So that's what they're experiencing, even though they can tell me all day long, I want a healthy relationship. So until we address the deeper subconscious, the somatic, there's going to be that gap there. Right. Yeah. And it, the same goes true with, you know, being in that fight or flight state, right? Constantly being in that elevated stressed out state, your body gets used to that. And so you just keep attracting it in. You just keep going towards a thing that's going to keep you feeling that elevated stressed out state and um I think the the sooner that everyone realizes that the better for our overall world right in our relationships in our health in our well-being right yeah yeah amazing okay so your big one of the big things that you do with women is really like go back and look at the previous trauma that has been involved yes Mm -hmm. yes Yes. okay so what what are the five big things this might be a really loaded question but what are the five big things that you feel like are needed to create that healthy relationship Mm -hmm. yeah I really see it as these five essential skills that we get to learn we get to develop and most importantly we have to practice like i'm still practicing these skills every day so the first one is pattern awareness and this is really where we begin if anyone listening is wanting to have a more healthier fulfilling experience in relationship or overcome their patterns like we start here it's like what is happening that isn't working for me as far as how i'm showing up in relationships am i being really passive and scared to speak up for myself am i expect um accepting like the crumbs you know just like settling for the bare minimum um am i only attracted to men who like um are kind of wishy-washy like what's the patterns we build that awareness and we actually bring that skill into relationship because a lot of times you know in a long-term relationship it's easy to just point the finger and be like you're the problem if you would just do this differently everything would be better but we always hold the mirror up first and we look at what's my contribution to this because the moment you ask that you've taken your power back and you can create something that you actually want but as long as you're pointing the finger and you're saying men are the problem there's no good men in this city my husband won't do this you're powerless there's nothing you can really change about you can't make this person change you can't make the men in your city change but if you hold up the mirror and you say wow that there's a belief there there actually are great men in this city i'm just choosing to believe that there aren't because that's keeping me safe it's just an example but pattern awareness the ability to take self-responsibility 
the ability to look at what's my contribution to this thing that's happening, because that gives you a lot of space to change it. The second one is emotional regulation. And this is something that really takes a lot of practice and learning techniques. And this is what we were speaking to a little bit earlier about bringing your nervous system into a space where it actually can choose stability and calm and grounded over chaos and the roller coaster and the ups and downs and the drama because you've become addicted to that and the dysfunctional uh, relationships. So it starts there continuously choosing stability and peace over the drama and the chaos. But then again, we, we bring this into so many different aspects of dating and relationships. Like, let's say you've been dating someone for six weeks and you're like, I need to have this conversation of what are we doing? Are we going to be in a relationship? Are we not? And that's a scary conversation to have. It's a risk. They might say, no, I don't want to be with you. So your ability to take a risk like that depends on your ability to emotionally regulate. If you're afraid of feeling rejection and sad, you're not going to do that, take that risk. So you're just going to stay in the old patterns of just like letting someone string you along. Long-term relationship, really, really important. <laughs> this is probably my, my most used skill ever is, you know, I think a lot of us don't realize it too, that we depend on our partner to feel good. If your partner comes home and he's in a mood, you try to make him feel better so that you can feel better. Or you're in a fight, there's conflict, you're trying to sort of manipulate his emotions so that you can feel safe. Well, that's the scenic route, go straight to your own nervous system. You're responsible for your emotions and your experience and then your partner is responsible for theirs. So without emotional regulation, we get into codependency, into people pleasing and yeah, it's really obviously important. It also helps us to respond rather than react. You know, when we're reactive, it's like we're not proud of whatever happens after that. So next we have empathy. Empathy is this ability to really feel where your partner is coming from. So to actually try to understand them, to hold space and validate their perspective um, and to really respect, I call it respect their approach. So they're gonna have a different approach than you. They're gonna see the world differently. They're gonna, I use this example, they're gonna load the dishwasher different than you do. That's what my partner does and it drives me insane, but it's like, you just gotta respect it. Like this is how he learned to do it and this is how he thinks it's best. Who, who do I think I am that I think I know better than him of how you load the dishwasher? So it's like empathize. And a lot of times how we can overcome and move through conflict is just by simply validating each other. I don't need you to see it the way I see it, but I do need you to validate that my experience is real and important. And then I must be able to do that for my partner as well. So empathy. The fourth is the skill of communication. This is obviously a big one. I mean, this really takes like take a class, hire a coach, practice like this is a really big skill to um, develop and we need pattern awareness and emotional regulation to be able to even move into this communication. Um, so yeah, it's like speaking your needs, communicating your desires, setting a boundary, 
conflict resolution, listening, like this is a big, you know, uh, skill to truly develop. And um, when I teach my clients this, like, I encourage them to just start practicing in any area of their life, like their friends, their coworkers, their boss, their mom, because it feels really awkward at first to start speaking from I statements. You know, I'm noticing that I'm needing, like these little tweaks will make invalidating versus validating, owning your desire, like complaint versus desire. So practice as much as you can. And yes, there's certain templates and ways to do it and you can make it your own. You know, eventually it's gonna feel really authentic and you're gonna experience such deep connection because of it. And then lastly, number five, this is probably my favorite, it is to sustain a positive illusion about your partner. So this one I pulled from um, about if about six months ago, I went on this like rabbit hole of studying what actually determines whether or not a relationship is fulfilling or not. And there was a ton of studies done. I found this one study um, that they they studied like, I don't know, it was like a million couples. It was crazy. And the one thing that they learned from the study is is the one thing that actually leads to a fulfilling relationship is this to sustain a positive illusion about your partner so we got to be a little bit delusional about it all right we have to really be aware of the story that you're telling about your partner if you're telling yourself the story that he's lazy and he doesn't really care that much about me then like that's how you're gonna experience him right? If you tell yourself the story that he's an incredible man, I'm so in love with him, he's so funny and fun, that's how you're going to experience him. So how you're thinking about the relationship is the energy that becomes the relationship. I know this to be true, I've experienced it in all my relationships. Um, So maintain that, it's like that, you know, when you first fall in love with someone, you're talking to your mom about him and you're like, he's the best guy and he does this and this and this and this five months or five years later you're on the phone with your mom and you're like he sucks and he doesn't take out the trash it's like we must maintain the positive illusion idealize romanticize you know your partner so those are the five oh my gosh so good I have so many things I want to dive into from that (laughs) question so uh, we'll start with the most previous one so the being a little delusional something that I've realized also is that being delusional in everything is really, really important. Your thoughts literally create your reality, right? Yeah. So whatever it is that you're thinking about is going to become the truth, no matter what. Relationships, your health, your anxiety, your life, you know, everything is so controlled mm-hmm. by your thoughts. So I, I love that that's a huge aspect of it. And being a little delusional is healthy. yes and just making that beautiful idealized um thought of your partner I love that beautiful um I find myself often reflecting back with my own partner to when we met and like how you know magical it felt and I was just like oh my gosh like you are the one that I want to spend forever with and then yeah you know 12 years down the road it's like I got to go back to that day and reflect and like, yes, 
we are this is good we want to be here this is good so i love that um with the emotional regulation aspect so i i talk about stress and how we're when we're in this fight or flight scenario all the time you know we can't heal anything we can't heal our hormonal health we can't Mm -hmm. heal our mental health we're probably not going to sleep right our bowel movements are probably going to be impact it's literally the only thing that impacts every aspect of our being what are your Mm -hmm. big recommendations when it comes to emotional regulation Mm -hmm. yeah I couldn't agree more I really see it as like the center of so much and and I think like the biggest thing to understand is that um relationships are meant to support and nourish your nervous system not wreck them so like if you're feeling sick and anxious and just like unwell because you're of a partner or person in your life it's a really good indication so what do i recommend um where i begin with my clients uh is to simply start befriending their body um the main modality i use is embodiment and so when we start to befriend our body and we start to understand how to regulate our our nervous system regulate our emotions regulate our stress we want to just start to kind of say hello to the body you know it might be might have been years or a lifetime that you've ever even recognized your body and and her wisdom and Uh, the sensations and emotions. So starting to make that connection that your emotions are simply sensations in your body. Because a lot of people, a lot of the clients I work with are trying to think their way through their emotions. They're trying to logic their way through, analyze their way through. And so what that does is it just suppresses all that emotion into their body. Now they have years and years of, of energy that emotion just stuck in their body and their body doesn't really trust them. You know, maybe their body has tried to tell them before, Hey, I don't feel safe with this person. I don't feel safe in this relationship. And they just sort of didn't know how to honor that. So they betrayed their own intuition. So it's this process of slowly regaining your body's trust, your body, your, you know, your intuition, trusting that and slowly starting to unpack years and years and years of stored emotion and we really want to do that in a safe way in a way that um we don't re-traumatize ourselves, in a way that we feel we're actually growing our capacity as we're doing that because i think a lot of times it can be like just like scream it out and get it all out and go to the breathwork ceremony and bam you're healed and like one session and i'll clear you of all your trauma and The way I teach is it's going to be a slow and steady um, process and it's going to be so sustainable and you're going to develop all the skills you need to use for the rest of your life because guess what life is going to be stressful life is going to have challenge and we're going to get through this challenge but in a little while I don't know how long you're going to have another challenge and I want everyone I work with to have the tools and resources to to navigate that whether I'm currently their coach or not. Like that's what somatic work and nervous system regulation has done for me. And I'm, it's just been like the biggest impact in my life. So yeah, starting there, learning that it's safe to, to feel your emotions, that your emotions make that connection. Okay. I'm feeling anxiety. 
ooh, okay, I feel it in the pit of my stomach. It feels kind of um, like twisty. Like now I put a sensation to the thing I'm feeling. Now I'm out of my head and I'm actually in my body and I can create a little bit more space. I'll encourage my clients, okay, let's just stay there for a moment. Can we just feel that? Is it okay to feel that? We'll stay there for maybe five minutes and they'll say, you know what? It's kind of gone. <laughs> they're like, I kind of feel okay. And that's what they're learning if they just stay in it a little bit longer and they turn towards it and they offer it just validation. It's okay to be here. I'm not going to rush you off. You don't, you're not, I don't need to fix you. Well, I, I can just feel you. And then, and then it, the wave completes, you know, and then it's just kind of like the feeling got what it needed and, and they feel their own inner resource to be able to um, be with their emotions. Now they don't have to store and suppress their emotions. They can process them. And now there's going to be, you know, less rigid stress, constricted energy in the body. They can actually breathe. They can connect to their vitality. They can connect to their aliveness. I love it. And I think so many of us, both men and women, right? This starts when we're children, right? Like we were just taught to not feel our emotions, not let them be processed. Just sit down, shut up, don't cry. Big girls don't cry. Big boys don't cry, right? And it's been so damaging to... I feel like our generation specifically, as, as we are learning all of these new somatic tools and like, oh my gosh, we aren't supposed to hold on to these emotions because it's going to make us sick. It's going to impact our relationships. It's going to impact our lives so significantly. And yeah. again, like we need to be taught this emotional regulation or parents need to be teaching their children, hey, let's feel the emotion. Let's work through it. And then it's gone the wave has been released and it's over, right? So I love that. Um, do you find that a lot of the past trauma that your clients are experiencing are stemming from those childhood incidences? Yes, I mean, really, I think we all have um, something from our childhood that impacts our early experience in romantic relationship meaning our the role of our mother and our father whether they were present or not present in your life as a child it creates the blueprint that you then relate to your partners from as an adult mm -hmm. and you know even like i had a i had a great childhood like and i was homeschooled i like had a played on a farm all day it was great loved it amazing parents and they they impacted me you know like they the role they had and certain things they said conditioned me and impacted me and led to unhealthy patterns in relationship and so it's like we don't we don't it doesn't have to be this huge childhood trauma to need to be addressed, mm -hmm. right? So that's really mm -hmm. where we start when I work with women is unpacking, um, I call it your relationship inventory. So we look at all your past relationships as an adult, your romantic relationships, anyone you casually dated, but also your parents. And we start to unpack like what, what is, what's been the impact of this? What did you learn from them? 
and we look at that blueprint and you're going to get a lot of information around you're going to like whoa <laughs> i see why this has been happening i see the impact you know and so for some clients um some people you know in general it it's not as much the childhood as as much as it is their early adult relationships that was for me for example that first real relationship that marriage really impacted me and created a lot of the patterns unhealthy patterns i had in relationships to follow mm -hmm. so it's not always in childhood but i would say there's always something to unpack from childhood you know um i think especially what i see is as women we take on we sort of show up as our mother in relationship and then we attract our father or we we project our father onto our partner if right. that makes sense like oh, yeah. mm -hmm. what we sort of um didn't like needs that we didn't get met from him or just how we perceived him we project that because that's our first uh relationship to the masculine you know when we come into the world so it makes a lot of sense but then we usually start to embody our mother which like when you when you realize that you're like oh hell no I know. <laughs> how did yeah. i end up here <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of days where i've said that to myself like <laughs> okay all right that's fine there's some great aspects but i don't want to do that part <laughs> right right yeah okay beautiful um and then the communication piece so it kind of goes with the emotional, you know, holding all of it in, right? Like when we're not taught to be able to easily express our needs to get, you know, our wants and easily express what we're feeling because we've been shot down before. So what's like the number one tool, like starting point, you said that, you know, just practice is a big one, whatever it may be. But let's say that, you know, they just, they don't even know what to talk about. There's so many things in their minds. Where do I even start? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a great place to start is learning more about what you want and what you don't want. So a lot of this process is learning that you get to have a voice, a presence, and a choice in relationships. Because many of us have just sort of taken like whatever came to us. Oh, this person likes me. Like, that's how it was when I got married. This guy likes me. He wants to get married. Sure. Okay, sign me up. I didn't realize that I get a choice. I get a voice. I get a presence. And so if we're going to bring that forward in relationship, we first just need to practice it internally to determine what is it that I actually want? Do I like this? Do I not like this? Do I want more of this? Do I not want more of this? Um, do I like this behavior? Do I not like it? And a lot of that comes back to the embodiment work of of feeling in your body what is a yes for me and what is a no for me and that that's a process because our body signals can be um, distorted by stress and by trauma so sometimes a no can actually just be a like a stress response right so that's why we need to be able to discern and filter through that but the more you get clear on your desires and and find that core center within you that actually believes I, I deserve this, I get to have this, I'm not asking for too much, then we start to actually use our voice, like we actually start to say the thing. Um, and 
the the where I recommend starting is simply by starting the sentences with I'm noticing, I'm needing, I'm desiring, I would like. Start it with I. You start it with you, you're blaming. Like the person's gonna get defensive. It's just not an empowering place to be. You didn't do this, you never do this, you did this. Like they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> but if you come from I'm noticing that I'm needing more affection. I'm feeling a little upset right now and I'd like to talk about it. It just is a more inviting place. You're taking a lot of self-ownership and you're actually coming from a place of, I know myself and, and this, is what I, this is what I need. I love that. So whoever's listening right now, this is an amazing time of year to start writing down things that you want. And, you know, bringing that aspect to your relationship. I need help here. I am noticing that I'm not feeling great here. And when you start to do that, you know, notice the changes. And I'm speaking from experience as well as I'm sure you can. It happens quickly, right? Those changes happen quickly. And once that communication is opened up, you know, the floodgates are open for investment in the relationship a bit more, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. So on the topic of communication, I also want to talk about longer duration relationships and what, how women and men can kind of rekindle a relationship that may be feeling like it's getting a little dull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so important because, you know, what often happens is in that honeymoon phase, that first year, everything is easy. The connection is easy. The chemistry is easy. The attraction is easy. And it just flows. But then a year or two years, three years, five years, 12 years, it's like, it's not as easy because it's not as new. It's harder to find appreciation for something that there's like, you just know it really well and you just like get to have it every day. It's a lot easier to find appreciation and like that, like just awe and wonder in this new thing, especially when you're first learning about them. So understanding that, you know, after the first year, the second year, it can start to feel more like your roommates than you're just in love and romantic because it's fading. It just feels more predictable is the thing. Like we really do need novelty to keep that spark alive. And we also need to understand like, okay, we want the spark. What is that? It's the pull towards each other. It's the chemistry. It's the connection. And what's often misunderstood is that that just sustains itself. Like that'll just be there. You don't have to worry about it. You just, it'll just flow forever. And that's, un that's not true. <laughs> The spark, the chemistry, the connection, the attraction even must be nurtured. It must be nurtured to be sustained. So I like to think of it as the relationship is this beautiful fire. And each time we do something to nurture the spark, the connection, we add a log to the fire. And that's what keeps it burning. But if I'm not doing any, if I'm not adding a log, guess what's going to happen? The fire will go out. I will feel repulsed by my partner. There's no attraction and it's just dull. We feel like roommates. 
So I think, um, you know, there's, there's really understandable challenges in this as well. Um, we're stressed, like humans are stressed and they're busy and they're overwhelmed and it can feel really hard to make time and space for love and intimacy and romance and just having a deep conversation with your partner at the end of the day. Like I get this, I struggle with it too, but we must prioritize it. Like we must make space for it. We must prioritize, of course, ourself. It always starts with like how good and healthy and, you know, ourself that we feel. Um, but then we must prioritize that with, with our partner as well. And I think like with the connection, the spark, it's, it could be just as simple as listening to what somebody wants. So listening to your partner, what do they want? What do they love? And then creating a world, creating an environment where they get to have more of that. And that does mean you go out of your way to create that moment, to create that experience. But it really is just like, think about, can you create one moment a day? Like all it takes is a moment, right? So ask yourself, have I created a moment of connection today? A moment of um, romance today? And that really adds up. Like it doesn't have to be these grand gestures to get this spark back, to get this chemistry back. It can just be the moments. And I think, you know, understanding how attraction works, um, polarity is really important, understanding um, how to be more in your feminine essence and invite space for your partner to be more in their masculine is really important because that just allows you to feel um, more of that uh, like magnetic pull towards each other and where you're not just like butting heads and trying to like outdo each other, out masculine each other. And of course, like if you consider the five skills we talked about earlier and you apply those, you're going to have a more easeful, connected experience in relationship. Like I think what we're really craving as humans is to feel like we belong and to feel seen and to have those moments of intimacy. Yet we're not really creating space or we're not really receptive to those moments of, of true connection and true intimacy. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could talk all day about the feminine masculine balance and just how in our society, unfortunately, you know, it's very masculine energy and we as women get very caught up in that hustle and there's nothing wrong with that, but we are women and we do need to be in that feminine energetic state to truly embody, you know, what we've been talking about today. Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, when it comes to stress, you know, that is, that's such a huge indicator of being too much in the masculine, too much that doing energy, checking off your to-do list, you know, going from task to task to task, not being present, you know, and a relationship is a huge part of being in that feminine as well. And I shouldn't say that, you know, men aren't in the feminine also, but um, again, they are really good at being in their masculine energy most of the time. And then we're like, can we come? We want to be in your masculine energy too. But yeah, we're not spending enough time in just that rece receiving energy, reflection, just pausing, right? Mm -hmm. Just 
just being present for a minute and breathing and regulating our nervous system. And I've been talking a lot about libido to my clients lately and how, you know, if you're stuck in that go, go, go masculine energy, there's no room. There's Mm -hmm. no room for your libido. You're not going to have that sex drive. And more often than not, as relationships continue to evolve years down the road, there's a lot of that libido that gets lost. Yeah. But there's also another piece that's probably lost as well, right? Like you're not making that time for that connection. You're not putting yourself out there. You're not making one moment a day to have that special mm-hmm. flame rekindled, right? Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. And so number one step for that would be just making time in your day, making a moment in your day where you can find that little connection to your partner. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. And um, like really giving yourself that permission to be in that more feminine space with your partner, you know, and, and it like I get it. We all have a lot going on, kids and to do list and businesses and work and dinner and cleaning. Like I get it. And you deserve to feel um, radiant and feminine and sexy and erotic and connected and and knowing that that's just it's not going to just happen. You must get into that space within your body. You must create space for it. Um, something I love to do is like, I know that having those intimate moments with my partner means I must create space for it. And sometimes that's just like a lot for me to do. I'm just like, I don't know if I can do it tonight. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take one step. I'll just light the candle. I'll just put the candle on and then I'll put the playlist on. Like I love making playlists. And so I have a a certain playlist I'll do. Um, and then, and then I'm, I feel a little bit more relaxed. And then I might sit on the bed and just like talk to my partner and we're just like laughing. And then I, I feel like a little bit more available for it. So if you can just add like what's one step, put a candle on while you have dinner together or put that playlist on or put a record on. Don't make it this big step of like we're going to have like super connected sex tonight. Like maybe you will, but what feels attainable to your nervous system in this moment and just opt for that little moment you're just creating a moment and um and i think as the last thing is uh i think a lot of women struggle with like being in being in your feminine sounds great and all but there's a lot of things that need to be done and a lot of women don't necessarily trust their partner to be in that masculine that they've got it that they can handle things that they can take the lead and that they can really release control So my um, invitation there is to go first, rather than waiting for your partner to prove to you that he's got everything figured out and he's like perfect and can be like the perfect leader, you go first by trusting him and offering more of your feminine radiance. And what you're going to see is he's going to feel like you've, you've trusted him. He feels more empowered to be in that masculine. Often what we're doing is we're just emasculating our men mm-hmm. and they're like, damn, okay. <laughs> you know, so don't wait, don't wait, like hold the mirror up, you go first and you'll be surprised at what happens. Oh my gosh, yes. 
I feel like I could talk to you all day long about these topics, um, but I do, I want to be mindful of your time. So that was incredible. Um, how can people work with you? What have you got going on? Pimp yourself out right now. <laughs> yeah. So the main way I work with women is through my mentorship program. It's a group mentorship. It's called Radiant Relationship Academy. Um, and this is, I've ran it for like four years, hundreds of women have come through. And this is specifically for women who, um, two types of women, one who is seeing her patterns showing up. She understands she's been in dysfunctional relationships, unhealthy relationships. She's not attracting who she wants to attract. And she's ready for an emotionally available, secure partner who's also ready for commitment. Um, also the type of woman who's in a relationship and she wants to strengthen it, or she's just not quite sure is this the person and she wants to really be able to relax into a healthy, fulfilling love. So either way, the, the process of the program is going to help you to overcome those patterns. It's will help you develop all the skills we talked about earlier and know that you're with the right person, someone who is a great partner for you specifically. I call it your once in a lifetime uh, soulmate type of love, like that connection we all really want of like, oh, this is my person. Um, so that's what it's designed to do. The waitlist is open now. We'll enroll uh, probably end of February. So I'm sure I can, I think I sent you that link. You can just pop it in the show notes. Um, so that's a great way to work with me. I also work with a very limited amount of women one-on-one -on -one throughout the year. I have two spaces open right now. So this is a very in-depth mentorship. We do either three months or six months. So all the information you can find just on my Instagram and my link in bio, shoot me a message. I love to connect. It's at Malia underscore Manning. Amazing. And yes, all that information is going to be in the show notes. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. This was so valuable and just an incredible conversation. You are wonderful. And it's been, it's been amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Ladies, do you want to learn more about your body and actually get to the root cause of your symptoms? Well, I have just the program for you. The Healthy Hormone Mastery Program is a 12-week all-encompassing program that is going to naturally heal your symptoms using food and lifestyle strategies. I have helped so many women completely reverse their pain, acne, digestive problems, hormonal imbalances, and feel like the vibrant woman they deserve to be. If this resonates, I would love to walk with you on your journey to health. The link is in the show notes to apply. Back to the episode.